evening, folks, and welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers, and you are listening to and watching the news crew. Uh, I am your host this evening, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland, Donlan, and tonight we are going to be talking about all the latest news. Um, is the off-season far too long? The power of charity. And as always, we will have Dan's third in top 10 and our statistic of the week. Now, remember, you can get involved with the crew. Give us a like, a subscribe, a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all of the other social media places, folks. Uh, get involved, reach out, send us a comment. Absolutely get stuck in. We would love to hear from each and every one of you. Now, this week, it's like an old western. Um, we've got the sheriff facing off against the chief, um, which I'm just loving because I love a crap cinema reference. Um, so if the old films are anything to go by, um, this is the good guy. Uh, but then again, who could ever actually say that the cowboys are good guys? Uh, welcome, Dan. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Glad to be here as usual. Looking forward to a good wee bit of chat tonight. Absolutely. Um, and evidently representing the bad guys, which, you know, I think kind of says more about how, like, racist early cinema was. But then again, we are talking about studs, and if there ever was a baddie, it absolutely is studs. Uh, so with that said, studs, how are you doing tonight, mate? I can't believe you've actually just associated me with a bit of casual racism for the 70s. It's <laughs> an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Start as you mean to continue, mate. Listen, I'm, I'm until the Chiefs change their name uh, along the Washington Commanders uh, route, I'll, I'll keep sticking that knife in. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Uh, not bad, mate, not bad. Looking forward to having a wee chat with you boys tonight. and um, I talked talk some football and all good things that's happening in the great world of the NFL right now, which really isn't much. Let's be honest. <laughs> right, let's, right, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's not kid anybody on at this point. I'll be, I'll be honest, actually, I found more things for us to talk about than I thought I was going to, but like, we, we are scraping the barrel. I was going to say, it's the quality of the things we're going to talk about. Exactly. I have found quantity. I make no assurances of quality. That's what we are here for. We make, we make Make any quantity quality, gents. Um, right, with that said, uh, as is tradition, we are going to get wired into our kick-off question. So it is the great NFL songbook. And this one goes goes out from Dan. Dan came up with this idea, so it's a cracker. So Dan was listening to... I'm, I'm going to assume it was Glastonbury you were listening to. Yeah. Uh, so we had Elton John, the, the final farewell of uh, uh, the, the forever the rocket man who's been with us for forever, uh, his final ever... Uh, it's his final of a live show, isn't it? No, his final of a UK tour. Aye, tour, fine. It's his final UK gig. Right, okay. So it's his final of a UK gig. Um, and as he was doing it, he graced us with Bernie and the Jets, which, of course, he was obviously dedicating to Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> it's clearly it's the only reason he would be singing that song. Um, so the question coming out to you guys is which song do you think links best to your team? Either a song that gives your team a name drop or a song that you just feel just summarises your team as best as it as best as it can. Now Studs, I'll let you take this one first, Dan. You can uh, you can round this off with it and I'll come in in the middle. I've actually got a few that I kind of want to drop in. I know Dad's got a few as well. I've got a good few, actually. Let's do it. 
Let's just rhyme them all. Right, Mon. Anybody, anybody, give me one each. Oh, you all right? We'll do like a tennis match. Go for it. <laughs> Back and forth. I didn't want to go too obvious, right? So if, if we're talking my own team first and foremost, then the obvious one is Queen. We are the champions, right? Two obvious. So wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to get doing that route though, right? Just oh, because oh, they got oh, their oh, rings no, two weeks ago. No, I'm no, not going no, to no, you've mentioned it. Now that you've mentioned it, you're not going to get in that route. You know, that's not how it works, mate. I. <laughs> But the one I, I was actually thinking, keep it quite um, with the news that was going on, keep it quite as the word I'm looking for. Relevant, the new. We've got Jim Archie, Swee's Pat Who comment. So right. I was thinking right now, probably Eminem, my name is. I'm going to do that. That's quite a good one, actually. I quite like that. So I'll pass on to you, Dan, for your one. Right, See, add it back wait. to him, mate. I never went for cowboy specific ones. I just went for general ones about the NFL. Go I've that. got a cowboy Go. specific one for you coming. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Studs has always got your back, Dan. Don't you worry about it, mate. So the, the first one, I'm surprised you never went with this one. The first one I, I thought was uh, a bit of Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, it could well, be any. Pick a song. Uh, pick oh, a Kaiser okay. Chiefs tune. Right uh, there, the uh, name. Uh, right uh, there, the name. <laughs> Well, that's again. I don't know. I mentioned earlier on your chat. You've got the obvious one. You've got Kansas, the band. Um, yeah. Every every song. I <laughs> just every song. Throw the whole playlist out there. But I, I did. I did. Get a, I missed the Kaiser Chiefs. I'll be honest. I, I, my head went straight to Kansas. But oh. uh, so. Lunch money loose. Again, this is Chiefs Bengals related again. Oh, here we go. Went, went in there as well. But I've got a song, The Other Side by Alterbridge for Orlando Brown Jr. since he's jumped over to the other side. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> no, this is higher quality than I expected it. You said, so I'm going to be honest, these links I, are not as atrocious as I feel. But, Bit of research, mate. Bit of research. Ah, yes, you've, been, you've obviously been sat with the old, but the old Spotify your year in history kind of thing, clicking back through the old favourites. Yeah. Ah, uh, there, there you go, Dan. You got, you got a top for him. You got another one up your sleeve. Uh, you two and Green Day, good combination there. Remember oh. this? The Saints are coming. Oh, like, was that nice. to do with, yeah. Did you do that to do with Katrina? Maybe was it, was it some sort of? Um, Hurricane Katrina? Maybe. Like it mixed up with another song. I, I could not yeah. tell you. Because it is about New Orleans, so that's what made me think. Yeah. You could always just keep on the Green Day training for there's going to be 31 teams that will be walking down our boulevard of broken dreams come <laughs> the end of the year. Oh wait, 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 Oh, oh, this, is, this is this is kind of high quality podcast material that the the proud viewers of the Vidang crew tune in for. How many see, tenuous song links can we get? Like when you go stand your chat, I, I can see you. I, no, I was going to say, see, that's probably what um, Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Hopkins are all saying as well because they'll be waiting in an injury before they get a team. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so some of them they might be waiting in more than just one injury. Uh, uh, so. Right, this one I'm I'm gonna go team related now, right? right here we go. Team. I'm gonna I'm gonna slate a fan base and I'm gonna give them probably eight eight extra settings in this song. And I'm gonna go right. for the Buffalo Bills twenty one settings due to that infamous uh, arrowhead implosion after thirteen oh. seconds. So they got a wee extra eight seconds. We extra eight seconds to keep them all going. We all know what you can do with the eight seconds, you know what I mean? So Aye. 
best eight seconds of somebody's day. <laughs> uh, there's got to be a couple of Bill's Mafia links that we could make as well. You know, there's got to be a, a good number of Mafia tunes that have came out over the past. Uh, no, any jumps in mind. One for the future. Go for it. Super Bowl 2026 is a big bit in the future. When mm-hmm. teams will be California dreaming. Oh, there he is. I love to hear it. <laughs> uh, see, I was see, I, I just thought all the all the usual rotten browns ones, you know, brown eyed girl and all the rest of it. Uh, but I suppose the big one we us and you know all the chat coming out of Cleveland is how we are yet again winning the winning the off season. So I suppose is it is it, the worry is are we going to be a case of the great pretenders? Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. I thought I'd get in a dig at my own team before one of you swine did. Right. Fist, if the Tampa Bay oh, we we you know after after they've lost their, their big QB battle and the go, are they making their mind up? Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, excellent, good work, Dan. That was a cracker, a question. And uh, let's see, but yeah, but yeah, a ledge. Oh, on you go. I've, I've, got, one, I've got one, one, I promise you, Dan, that I did have a one for the Cowboys, and you I was keeping it. Keep it to Scotland. I was thinking after he lost his voice with obviously a wee bit of support for Lewis Capaldi. And I was thinking, forget me for the Cowboys, purely due to their lack of Super Bowl appearances over the last <laughs> decade or two. <laughs> 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 Everybody talking about us. I know. <laughs> Because if, uh, if every season, if we're uh, if we're correct, you are them boys. Hey, <laughs> the, the curse of America's team. Ah, I'm sorry. Uh, going to be a hometown band from me. So uh, go for it. The uh, Steelers will. Could they sum oh. up the Steelers season? They're going to be stuck in the middle. Uh, no, hopefully they're stuck at the arse end of nowhere. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, sorry. If I, I missed an open goal there, hopefully they'll be on a road to nowhere. Um, oh yeah. I absolutely hate the Steelers and they're coming up later and it makes me really yeah, sad. Can we do a quick change of sport for music and I give a couple of random stats for you here? Oh, Thanks. right, on you go. On you right. go, mate. Remember Dario G? You know the right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right. Do you know how he got his name? Or they as no. a band got their name? I do not. So they're from Crew and they're originally just called Dario and they found out there was another artist called that. So they had to change their name. And they became Dario G because I don't know if you remember... Crew's legendary manager was Daniel Grady. Daniel Grady. Daniel Grady. This is the kind of educational content that we bring to the, to the, the NFL fan base. Well. Talk to the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. Right. Do, we, do we know how Kaiser Chiefs got their names? Or their name? I'm just going to assume it was something to do with, you know, the Kaiser. So, no, what it is is um, Ricky Wilson is a massive Leeds fan. And uh, Leeds, one of the legendary players, Lucas Radebe, if you remember him. Aye, and Leeds signed him from the Kaiser Chiefs, Kaiser Chiefs in South Africa. Fair enough. You can't ask, there's some great Educational as always. Ab- absolutely, it's the service we provide to the, to the not, not just the nation, but the entire world's NFL fan base. Um, right. Okay, gents, I feel we're, uh, we're, we're well and truly loosened up after that one. So uh, we are, we are going to get going and we are going to get stuck in with our main talking points of the show. So it is the depths of the darkest off-season. Um, we've got, what, 72 days left of off-season to contend with. So the big question, is the off-season too long? 
So I sat and I did a wee bit of, wee bit of back of a postcard maths on it. And I reckon the off-season runs for around about 30 weeks of the year. So we've got a 52-week year. We've got a 18-week season. You include a bye week. You've got another four weeks for the playoffs. So that leaves you around about 30 weeks of the year made up off-season. Now, even putting aside the fact that we just all love football and we want there to be as much on as possible, and we appreciate one of the big things that we all love about this sport, it's a high-impact game. The players need time to rest and recover their bodies after a, a hard-fought season. It's 30 weeks kicking the back end of here a wee bit. Do we think they should try and extend the season to reduce that off-season? Uh, Dan, you can kick us off, mate. What do you What do you say to it? Yeah, I think it's a tough one because obviously, as you said, if teams that don't make the playoff, they get that extended break as such. Um, but I, looked, I had a quick look at dates earlier on. So Super Bowl last year was on the twelfth of February, mm-hmm. and most OTAs started the last week. 14th, uh, 14th? Last week or the week before, yeah. yeah. Recently. So the voluntary mini camps started at the end of May, at the end of March. Mm-hmm. Or end of May, sorry. So, so like, the gap between the Super Bowl and potentially mini camps OTAs starting is not that big. Can you consider how much the players put themselves through? The issue, like you said, is a lot of team seasons are finishing early. So then they're not. So as much as your season finishes early, you don't play a game till September. There's a lot happens in that middle period where players are still doing stuff with the organisations in terms of training, mini camps, and then obviously training camps. Does, does, does training training camp runs for I think it's nine weeks, yeah. or it's six to nine weeks. It's in that range. Put it that way. Does yeah. it need to be that long? You get OTAs are different. Voluntary mini camps, that's you know, for your rookies or the rest of it. So, you know, yeah. your big guns are all out resting. And God, God love these these young pups fresh out of college have got legs to run for days. So, they, they, we don't worry too much about them. Could, could, could we, could we no squeeze a wee, a wee fortnight in? I think the problem you've got is with all this stuff you've got with the draft and the rookies and all that sort of stuff, that then moves that back in the year. So, suddenly you're like, well, They've got that programmed in for the start of the season, so when then that then knocks the season on, or I just don't see where you would. I mean, I'd love to see more games, obviously, but the players aren't going to go for it. Um, but yeah, it's a hard one to decide whether it's too long or not. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Studs? Where do you land on this? Is this should, should we we just want more football? Damn it! Just give it give the people what they want. I think the problem you've got though, if you if you start saying a bit more football, it's you get into the whole. Um, players union issues and um, the players are already no they weren't happy about an, an extra game been added and they've ended up with one less pre-season game which they were happy about so you've got that whole mess of what goes on in that side of things as well so as Dan said I it'd be great to see another couple of games squeezed in there but realistically how much drama is it is it going to cause? Yeah, I is... the <laughs> I'm enjoying that you, you you did just have your as is now traditional 
technological uh, moment to yourself. And I'm just going to start filling in words for you. Uh, so see the frequency with which you are going in the middle of random sentences say, well, you see, one of the best things about Kansas City is how we love Baker Mayfield. And then we come back to this. It's going to be alarming how often you, you just keep your adoration for them. We can have it as a new feature of what did Studs say next? Oh, it's <laughs> not the ball. We can do it like a Right, viewers, there's one, there's one that's going to come up at some point. We're going to run some form of competition with who can insert the best sentence into one of Studsy's traditional gaps. Uh, I suppose it is the trick with this whole thing that, as you say, it's one thing that we don't talk about a lot, actually. That's really good about the NFL is that the players are very well represented. The, you know, the, the work that the Players Union does, all the work that goes on with the CBA and all the rest of it in the background is brilliant. It does make sure that the players are looked after for the most part. Um, and I, I suppose, as so, do, do we do we agree that this is a case of us us fickle fans just being a wee bit selfish and we just want more? Yeah, and that exactly we're kind of given a lot already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's it. At the end of the day, it's the fact that we, you're always going to want more, especially when it's at the height of its popularity. And I think we, the NFL's been growing massively over the last 10 to 15 years over here. So I think that is where the eagerness for more for our perspective is. Again, are you, if you're a Chiefs fan or a Bengals fan or Cowboys, things like that, you're always going to probably sell out your stadium, especially right now when the teams are doing well. I don't think the commanders are going to sell out their stadium, for example, when they're not doing so well, do you know what I mean? So it's that's the kind of flip side of it, and then when they're putting money in their own pocket instead of sharing it out against the owners, then that opens up another carry worms as well. Sorry, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. I think on the this side of the pond, we're used to having a short season, like short off-season for the soccer. I mean, all American sports have big off-seasons, and they're used to it. Whereas we're looking at the Scottish Cup final, 23rd of June. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, and the season starts again the 3rd or 4th of August. So you have eight weeks at the most off. If you're sports just... other teams, you've got League Cup games starting middle of July. Do you know what I mean? So you know, six, off. Is this what we get to make like really controversial statements to say that just goes to prove that like soccer players are harder than NFL players? <laughs> <laughs> just goes, just goes to and just proves it, con- confirmed. Um, it is a good point. Is that is maybe that bit of um, kind of transatlantic perspective, um, and that we are we've always had that where you are closed season or your off season is a month, two months, and even then we've all been there with those years where we don't have a World Cup, or we don't have a Euros going on, and all of a sudden you've got no football for soccer for a whopping four weeks, <laughs> and you're devastated and you've done all your day with yourself. Whereas the, the, the American side, they're obviously just a lot more used to those big pauses. Yeah. Now, with those pauses, it's not all players going off to, going off in holidays, spending their time doing jackal. Idle hands in this case are not doing the devil's work. Because it's one thing that the NFL is very, very good for, is that they are good for having, as an organisation they do it, but they're very good for encouraging players and teams as organisations to support World the Causes. Now, this is something that we'll obviously get right into later in the season when we get to My Cause, My Cleats. Um, but it's stuff that's going on all year, and these players are out in their local communities 
um, supporting some of these different charities. Now, I did have this fantastic charity begins at Homer line already because I was going to lead you to talk about your own teams, but then Studs ruined it because he doesn't want to talk about the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> he wants to talk about somebody else. Uh, but the question to you, gentlemen, is can you tell me about a player for your own team or any team in the league that supports an initiative, a charity that it, it just rings true to you? It's just one that you really think there's a lot that's really brilliant going on there. Uh, Dan, why don't you kick me off, mate? Yeah, I'm I, I just going to talk about somebody else's player banks. They're just thoughts. So I'll, I'll go back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, remember the old question of sport, home and away questions? This is definitely <laughs> a home one. So I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, as we know, right. a lot of players across the league have got their own foundations and do loads of things for across the charity. So Dak uh, Prescott's one's called Faith, Fight, Finish. Um, and the reason it's called that is it's three words that, his mum put a hint to him and his, his uh, siblings about that's three key words of encouragement to basically live your life by. So that's why he's called his, his foundation by that. So their key focus is a lot of um, investing in the future of youth. So looking after a lot of the youth that are coming through. Uh, he's done loads of uh, mini camps for them, um, kind of wee pro camps. They had them last year, like 3,000 kids turn up over at three camps. So different sizes of camps, but I think one of them, they had 1,400 kids at this pro camp that he was running. Yeah, it's, I mean, just gives that's, these kids a chance. That's a lot of wins to angle. <laughs> As someone <laughs> views them, you must be saying, that's, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the education link in a minute, but I can just say, something that works in that field, folks, you know, 14 hurdles a lot. <laughs> that's just a lot. Himself, to be fair. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I choose. My reality is that it's just Dak solo managing <laughs> all these weights, having them all on go <laughs> So um, another thing they do is they deal with people that are dealing with hardships in life as well, and they, and they focus on that. He kind of deals with underprivileged communities and stuff like that. Um, we focus a lot on helping people that are dealing with cancer as well. Other, other stuff seems to be about helping people that fighting cancer. Um, I don't know if I, I had never noticed this until I read about the foundation that every post game. Uh, Press presser that Dak attends, he's got one of his own ties on. So all oh, the ties that he sells it's called Dak ties, and for every tie that's sold, proceeds go towards a colon cancer charity. So he always wears one of his own ties after the game to raise awareness of the fact that he has these ties to raise money for cancer. Um, and one other part of it as well is it deal with a lot with, of mental health uh, and suicide prevention because um, I didn't realise. I hadn't actually read back on this. I knew his brother had died uh -huh. in April 2020, and it was suicide. Yeah. Um, um, so he's does a lot of focus on that, and they say that the I don't have the exact stats, but the stats on young black Americans that are committing suicide. Apparently, the figures are through the roof. They're getting mm -hmm. higher and higher every year. Um, so they're trying to do a lot of work around that to to, to prevent that happening. Well, there was the touching moment with Hayden Hurst in the Dak Prescott. I can't remind what game it was. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, they met in the middle I know of the exactly field. What you're and, about. Um, yeah. the, I think they were mic'd up and talking away because I think Hayden Hurst is. Um, he said something in his, in his. I can't remember if it was his immediate family or if it was slightly more extended than Dak's, but yeah, he's, I, he's equally experienced something. I actually thought it was Hayden Hurst himself. Um, is that Hurst himself? I'm, right. I'm, I'm maybe might getting well confused. Be, but um, I it's definitely, I, it was definitely something that was um, the two of them met in the middle of the field and yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Studs. 
because uh, I, re- I remember seeing that that video and obviously you're hearing mm. the two of them make up talking about it and stuff and um, Hurst has got nothing but admiration for his foundation and things like that for uh, what Dax doing. So I've just I've just looked it up actually to see what it was when we were talking there. So basically what it was was that of course, as Mr. Controversy himself, Skip Bayless had made comments about Dak opening up about his mental health. Um, when Hayden Hurst came out and basically said to Dak he was supporting him, it was great that he managed to speak out and talk about his mental health, despite what the media was saying about it. It's one of these things that is important, just to, uh, like, bits like this, you know what I mean? Because you do get a lot of shock jocks, and I'm not going to draw attention to any of the people that do these things, because I don't really think they deserve the oxygen, Um, that decry things like this, and it's you're not a man if you're doing all this stuff, and you know what I mean, big boys don't cry and all that, and it's nonsense, and it is nonsense, and it's one of the things that there's, as you say, it's one of the leading causes uh, of death in young men um, globally is suicide, and it's one of the things that everybody needs to remember that there's there's always services there to help, even when you're in the darkest times, and be it things like with Dak having... Uh, a colleague in Hayden Hurst approaching him and talking about his own very, very personal experiences of it and just trying to give Dak that bit of support when he's a family member go through it. Or is it numerous charities that are out there um, that are that are very helpful when, when they need them? And it is something that, you know, I mean, if anybody's out there listening to it and they need to, to speak to people, the important thing is always to reach out and to make sure you speak to people. So that's brilliant. That's some that's some fantastic initiatives that yeah. from from Dak and I'm sure that the Cowboys as an organisation will do huge amounts of work to to help to support that. And that the the bit the presser with his ties is a a really clever wee touch and it's really yeah. really fantastic. Yeah, that's um, I didn't know about it until I started reading that there. Like, yeah. Might have to get myself a couple. Aye, that's like, I'll be my, I'll be my, I'll be my support. That could be. Uh, right, Studs, let's kick it over to yourself, mate. Now you you've ruined you ruined my whole link here, so your story better be good. Uh, listen, it's, I've kind of half kept the whole <laughs> story in for you. Um, as I say, I, I didn't want to go down the kind of obvious routes for a total homer back and goal at the 15 in my homies and um, Kelsey, Kelsey's foundations and Justin Reed and things like that. I mean, the, what I find fascinating is the work that the teams do within the local community. Um, I think it's, I do think it is fantastic. But the one, I, the one that's going kind to of caught my attention, probably more recently, is the Eagles Autism Foundation. Um, so I've been listening to the Kelsey Brothers podcast and getting caught up with that over the past sort of two months and just absolutely hammering through it. And what they've been doing, I think it was actually either today or yesterday this happened, they had a beer bowl. And this is probably why it caught my attention for the sheer fact that there was beer involved. Um, no, no, had... no, your audience, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a they had a competition to get teams to come in, and it was like a kind of playoff competition, and there was going to be like fifty thousand pounds to the to the winning team and things like that. But it was all to raise awareness for um, for the Eagles Autism Foundation, um, which then after hearing that kind of got me reading into what that specifically was. Obviously, I know it's in around autism, but it's um, they, they've been running it for six years now and they've raised an excess of 22 million um, wow. to basically help fund research and provide facilities um, for the kind of local community. Um, I was looking at their sensory room, which is in the stadium, which looks fantastic. Uh, and it's wee things like that, but it seems like they're constantly doing um, something for to raise awareness for autism and try and raise additional funds for these doctors um, and obviously the parents and kids 
um, that are going through this as well. And it just seems like it's, I think it's, for me, having, again, it's like having worked with people with autism or been in school with people with autism, I think everybody at some stage has been in contact or mm-hmm. had an experience of somebody that, that has that does have autism and it, and it obviously it goes in varying levels um, mm-hmm. there's very well, 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 I'm, I'm actually oh there we go you're back stud sorry mate you, we lost a wee bit in the middle there <laughs> so I was just saying there's obviously very extreme cases and in, in milder cases as well and um, I think obviously they don't been able to help each kid parent whomever manage and cope with that I think is only going to be a good thing so and again I think everybody's had that experience of somebody that's or been involved in an experience in life that's with somebody with autism yeah and again it's brilliant working it's it's causes that are um you know these aren't you know niche causes or anything they're very well known but it's great to see them getting you know support for organizations like this uh big ones for me um shameless link or shameless plug is a is, is an educator myself um the browns are really really big um on the links with schools um one of the big uh projects that the browns as an organization runs is uh, called stay in the game and a stay in the game program is all about just trying to encourage the the, the young people of schools kind of all around Cleveland to, to stay at school and to stay in school and to try and achieve the best that they can. And it's a big thing about, and they use, unsurprisingly, um, sport is their big way, very particularly tackling young people who are maybe disenfranchised with, with classrooms. They, they don't enjoy being in lessons and all the rest of it but they can use sport to give these young people a window into some of the value that being at school can give them. And if they'll kind of stay for some of the different sports things that, you know, when you've got people like, um, you know, Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett and all the rest of it coming down, it does it does create a buzz and it does give these young people a reason to, to want to go to school. And hopefully they can obviously take that and it becomes more of a, a, a longer kind of love of learning and all the rest of it, which for me is obviously a total, that's my homer pick, and it's not even because it's the Browns, it's because it, it's about schools, it's about education. One of the other bits with the Browns that came out, and they're both, um, it's two kind of bits that are both associated with Miles Garrett, um, that I really liked, is he actually did work with, and I've lost the young person's name, did a lot of work with a specific young person, and it was all about sharing his, as in Miles, uh, love of poetry. Um, and it's just one of these things that's really nice because you don't expect it. You know, particularly, I mean, what do you do from day to day? I chase exceptionally large men and hit them as hard as I physically can. Oh, okay. Uh, hobbies? Poetry. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not what you would expect to come out. And it's the kind of thing that, again, showing, you know, this, I suppose, kind of very different sides of masculinity and stuff is really something I'm a big fan of. And the, the other bit with Miles is he is the... Uh, he's the leading kind of uh, one of the leading faces of NFL Waterboys. Now, NFL Waterboys is a charity that focuses on providing clean water, um, and it's both at home, as in in the states, to some communities and families that, that require better access to water, and obviously overseas, where it's maybe much more of a, a well promoted need. Um, and there was a really good one. Um, there was a charity um, basketball game back in 2019 that uh, Garrett was a captain for one of the teams and um, he had a bet with Shaquille O'Neal that basically meant that Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith both made pledges with Charles Barkley pledging $1,000 for every point that Garrett could score and Smith 
pledging a thousand dollars for every rebound that he could uh, that he could get during the game. And I think by the time he finished it, he had thirteen points, eight rebounds, and a couple of dunks. So you know, I mean, just things like that, and it just generates that money for these good causes, and it, it really shows a lot of the stuff that the league wants to put forward of itself. It really is the league putting its best foot forward, showing the work it does in all of these communities, um, which is brilliant. And it's the stuff that we all love to see beyond the you know very large angry men hitting each other. You uh, did forget to mention the fact that Miles Garrett hits large angry men with helmets. Uh, well, that's, that's only because that's only because they deserve it. Only because they deserve it. Listen, you listen, you. We're only like four days away. We're, we're, we're not that long away for the the something like the, the whatever for month anniversary of that helmet to helmet hitting the playoffs. And I'm, don't make me bring it up again. Uh, <laughs> well, on, on the other side, I think the NFL using players to kind of promote certain things as well, I think it's fantastic. But the, the Dolphins using Tyreek Hill for mm. um, viol- to avoid violence. It's quite an interesting one. <laughs> listen, listen, every reform is always possible. <laughs> people can people can change. Um, I think that's that's the best we can allegedly, uh, alle- uh, allegedly from alleged things allegedly. that uh, the the court system deems it's unfit to pursue. So I was looking at the Cowboys are big with the Salvation Army. We'll obviously get the red kettles at the end zone and yeah. stuff like that. So I was just reading there, the year that Elliot jumped in it and got fined for it, um, the Salvation Army received $850,000 in donations directly after it. Did he not, now this, I could be wrong and I could be totally making this up, did he not donate his, like, he paid his fine and did he not then donate the same amount of his fine yes. to the Salvation Army? Yeah, oh, that was a really good touch. Also, it was a bit. Yeah. Like, I also I just read there that so the Cowboys and the Salvation Army started teaming up in 1997, and since then, all the different campaigns have raised three billion dollars. Wow, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy sums of money. It does show you, but and it's it's the power of sport and it's the power of the NFL as an organization and all the rest of it, and, and what it can really do for these causes. You know what I mean? Sports yeah. are fantastic thing. For the pure entertainment, you know, it's why we love it and all the rest of it. But the power it can really have to, it sounds so cheesy, to like change lives and to really affect positive change is massive. Because yeah. at the end of the day, these are multi-billion dollar industries that, aye, okay, there's a lot of people getting filthy rich and we can debate the virtues of that another day. There is still a lot of money going to good causes, which is you can't yeah. ever really say that that's a bad thing. Right. Okay, gents, that was good. Uh, we're going to shift on, um, bringing it back to Europe, and we're not we're not going to go t- too hard on this because we've been trying to talk about how we get Mary an NFL team in Europe for about a month now. Uh, but we did just have the NFL is having their first ever game in Germany. Um, oh well, their, their first game in a long, long time anyway. Um, in uh, Germany, it's... and it's now it's sold out. So Frankfurt Stadium. We went and we googled it. It is 51,500. That is the capacity of the stadium. Now, me and Dan were talking about this before we went on air. Now, we are going to be generous, and we are going to say 40,000 of those tickets was available to your Joe Blogs in the public buying it. And I think we're being nice about that. I think more than just over 10k of those were going to corporate. Anyway, now, now, me and Dan talked about it. Studs, do you know how long it took all of the tickets to sell out. Have you seen the, the time? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Now, the biggest belter, have you seen 
how many folk at certain like one, but it's the biggest number I've seen. And gentlemen, feel free to tell me if you've seen a bigger one. At its peak, <laughs> the biggest number I've seen. That's an few, old question. Mm, it's all right, I'll close it off. Was it <laughs> the biggest number for the queue? 1.8 million people waiting uh, yes. to try and get a sniff at to be and being nice. 40,000 tickets. You figured out earlier, Dan. What was that? What was your percentage chance? Yeah, if you were in that queue, you had a 2.2% chance of getting a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally wrong. You don't buy a ticket, you, do, you, well, you don't buy a very literal ticket. You don't have a chance at all, but 2.2%. So, gents, I suppose the question is here, is that as clear a signal as the NFL could ever ask for that, one, they are wanted in Europe, and two, they really need to funnel a bit more love to the continent. What, what, what do we think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, just, I'm going to quickly correct you, Brian. There was a game in Munich last year, so it's not been that long. Uh, a game uh, in Germany. That's that's why I laughed. Leave me alone. Right. Okay. Top, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Listeners. Do you know what? Listeners. Do you know what? Do you know what? Viewers. Neither of they two have got a seven-week-old baby to contend with. So <laughs> I am going to say that me making a minor a minor faux pas. <laughs> a fox's paw, if you will, over when they were last in Germany is forgivable. Right. It's new in Germany. Do you know what? Do you know what? Pairings, rat bags. It makes my point even better. It's no even shiny new. It's been here for a year and there's still nearly two million folk in the queue and it's still sold out in 15 minutes. So take your witty observations and ram it. I mean, if you think back to you, NFL Europe, the German crowds are always huge. I mean, you get back to the, the mid to late 90s, you were getting 30,000, 40,000 NFL Europe games. Um, I think Gav mentioned it last week um, in chat, the European League, I think it was it, was it Rhine against Hamburg or whatever it was, which two of the German teams, 35,000 people Aye. at a European League game. Yeah. So, I mean, Germany has Germany's always been massive on it. And obviously they went big on London first. But if you start seeing these numbers, like when you have to seriously look at either expanding the series, the international series, or shifting games away from London to Germany. Well, Germany... Joe, there, there's a question to consider then, actually. So kick, kick, kick this one to yourself, Studs. Is the success of the German games a threat to the London games? No, I don't think so. And I think the reason for that, as you've seen, the NFL had given specific teams areas for marketing. So I think you had the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the was it the Bears? I can't remember who the third team is in Germany, but there was like three teams in Germany, so many teams in London, so many teams in like Central in another part of Europe. So it's I, I don't think it's a threat to London. I think it's a an example of where the NFL wants to go. Um, so I think you'll maybe see another European city brought on board after maybe a couple of years in Germany. So you'll have your London games, you'll have your Germany games, and you'll have your, I don't know, Poland. Paris games. <laughs> I, I would put Poland. I, I, I'm basically pure in the polls are mad for the NFL. Not? It's not a really, really big market out there. I thought you were thinking uh, for a cheap beer. Well, <laughs> I, I, listen, listen, there are many, many benefits to my, my random thoughts, guys. Many, many benefits. Um, but if they're going to chase the market, they know they've got an established market in the UK. The German market an, is an open goal for the NFL. Yeah. You know I mean, Germany's been the NFL daft for a long time. Uh, I, I'm, I was certain that Poland was the same. Um, I, I don't know. 
if there are any other hotbeds of it in Europe. The thing I suppose it's worth remembering is that in terms of size, you know what I mean? The USA is bigger than Europe. <laughs> like, in terms of scale for moving teams around and all the rest of it, it's not what you would turn around and say, oh, if you're away game, if you're in Poland and you're away games in Paris, that's that the travelling. You know, I well, have you ever thought of, you know, the Jets having to travel to the Niners? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just merry, merry a journey. Um, but I so as oh I don't know I, I I still I think there's gonna be an expansion at some point I think I think Europe's the next expansion I think that's how it's going to fail we've, we've done this today news I'm just I'm just gonna this is just going to turn into me staring wistfully into the middle distance hoping right on to the news of the week gentlemen so um, now obviously on a slightly more somber news um, it started off uh, obviously we're all aware of the kind of tragic passing. Um, of Ryan Mallet. Uh, so for, for anybody that's maybe not aware, uh, Mallet was for Arkansas. He was a 2011 third round pick uh, by the Pats. He was a quarterback. Um, he backed up Tom Brady uh, for a couple of years before he played both in Houston and in Baltimore. Uh, and he retired in the 2017. Uh, and obviously, he's tragically uh, died in a drowning incident um, in the coastal town of Destin um, in Florida. Uh, and it's as it always is with these things. It's just some really sad news. Uh, a man that's, you know, cut down in his prime, uh, as much, you know, retired and all the rest of it, immediately makes you think an older guy. But we are talking about a sportsman here, an athlete. So, you know, I mean, he is retiring a lot younger. Um, so, yeah, tragic news and thoughts and all the rest of it obviously go out to, to him, to his family um, and all the rest and everybody that was affected by it. So it's one that's, that's very sad. Um, yeah, he's also a high school coach at Arkansas as well now, yeah, so he was actually giving giving back to his community um, and sharing that knowledge with the younger generation. So, I sad sad news indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on to, thankfully, not as sad news, but serious news nonetheless. Um, Leonard Fournette, uh, he had a, a, a what looks like a very narrow escape. He posted up on his Instagram pictures of his SUV. Uh, more or less immediately after it had just been uh, extinguished from being in fire. This is one of these stories we actually don't have. Well, I don't know if you gents has. I've certainly not been able to find much in the way of detail around this one. Um, he put out a post in his Instagram, which I did, I'll be honest, it did give me a chuckle, is that he did capture it with, man, it's been one of those days. Now, Lenny, I've had some pretty honking days. Um, I'm not sure I've ever had a day that my motor's been in fire. Uh, but it certainly qualifies as one of those days. Um, but I thankfully, <laughs> thankfully everybody was all right. Nobody was hurt. Uh, God knows what's actually happened there. But uh, it looked well like the the Chiefs D line that he ran into in the Super Bowl when he was playing for the Bucks. To be fair, having a wee dig at my team because we were honking. <laughs> <that day. laughs> Uh, right. Watching the okay. video, it's just been some sort of electrical fire. It's just the it's all melted inside it. But it's obviously it's, uh, it's, it's probably it's actually, I've not got a team. I can't afford to buy another one. <laughs> it's an insurance job. Is that what I'm saying? It's an insurance number. Apparently, uh, it happened whilst he was driving. So he was actually driving the car at the time I mean, and it started to go on fire. Right. I'm not going to lie. I'm scary as fuck. I'd need new trousers. Never mind the fact that the flames never reached the interior. That driver seat's going to need replacing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care the extent of the damage. That yeah. upholstery's non-recoverable. <laughs> um, 
to be fair, it'll be Lenny, but here of leather, it'll be wiped clean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, one, another one that we are going to deal with quickly because you boys discussed it at length last week. Uh, the Dalvin Cook uh, situation rumbles on. He apparently is the Finns have apparently offered him a contract amongst, and I love how the league does this amongst other teams who are all nameless. But the Finns are apparently named. They are 100% interested in him. The one question that I had off the back of this for these gentlemen was a wee bit of news that was just kind of pushed out today was, now I'm going to murder the pronunciation of this boy's surname, Achain, Achain, the rookie running back that the Jets have drafted. Um, he has been impressing a lot. Lots of reports coming out uh, from Miami saying how good he's been, not just in the running game, but how good he's been doing in the passing game as well. And he really looks like he's the deal. And one of the big things about him that came out of him for college was his speed. And it really, really looks like he has the business. Do you guys think that if this boy looks like he really is it, maybe pulls a wee bit of cold water on what Cooks can uh, can expect to get from Miami? Do they temper their interest, knowing what they maybe have now in this rookie? They're starting to see more and more. Or is the guy still a rookie and now nah, we want the proven commodity? What do, what do we think? Dan, kick us off, mate. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've said it and I've related back to Cowboys as always. You need you need that <laughs> you need that power back and you need the speed. You know I mean that's what yeah. I said. I said last week I'd love it at Cowboys because we get Paul Arden, Boot Vaughn for speed and you take Cook as your he's your, your half hitting guy. So like, the, the Dolphins have offered them a contract. Mm-hmm. What that involve in terms of figures, I haven't seen yet. I don't think count in the last hour or so. Yeah. But they have offered them a contract, so they obviously are still interested despite what's happening. And unless you're getting a top end running back, are you going to end your season on a rookie? I would say not. Uh, well, I mean, Bijan? unless you've got a top 10, top 40 pick running back, um, I don't think you're going to get a chance on it, especially with Miami of what they've built around their offense. They're going to want a top end running back. And I think as much as this rookie's impressed, they'll still want somebody like Cooks there, even just to, to bring him on, teach him, give him the experience. I think, I think you want both. Right, so you know I'll, I'll kick it to you this way, mate, because you, you can certainly speak about it this way for experience. Do you need a good running game? Because you know, I mean, you're know, you sat there, Chiefs fan, and I, I don't think it's unfair to say that the Chiefs running game is very much not the focus of their offence. You guys mentioned it last week, we are in a passing league these days, and you look at the weapons that the, the Dolphins are putting around Tua. Now, yep, we have got the massive question mark around Tua's health and all the rest of it. That is what it is. Nobody can crystal ball that one and project how much Tua is going to play next year. But do they? Does Miami need this power back to come in and take some of that weight off? Or can they just lean on Tua, his arm, and then use the various pieces that they've got in the running back room to do what needs done, very much like what the Chiefs do? I've timed that beautifully for studs of a wee moment where his screen freezes. No. Just, just as a, there he's there. <laughs> right, he's back with me. So what do you think, yeah. do, do the fans need it or can they follow in Kansas's mould? For for me, they, they absolutely need it. Um, purely for the one reason you mentioned right there and to his health. If you're asking Tua to step back, drop back and play passes, that means that the defensive line can pin their ears back and just go for him and he's going to take more hits. If you can threaten a team with a good running game, then it makes the defence think what you're what you're thinking about and what you're going to do. You've got to remember Mike McDaniel's comes from the, the Shanahan offense in the 49ers, where 
they rattled through running backs. Like, <laughs> in fact, they rattled rate. through. <laughs> at at a rate. through quarterbacks <laughs> at a similar rate, to be fair. Aye. They were running through quarterbacks like Betty Volks was giving out Scotland caps. <laughs> there we are, ladies and gentlemen. That is what you call a niche reference. <laughs> so, for me, again, I think you look at it and um, I would say they absolutely need Cook. I think Cook's been playing the game, though, quite well um, because Aye. I think he's been liking a few New York Jets posts recently to kind of... I suppose it's, it's in the same division, but it keeps his market open as well and then starts That's a bit more in the division, which only does. Absolutely. 100, 100%. Right. Uh, okay, gents, moving on. Um, one of the other big bits of the news. Now, this is something, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know that this wasn't an official thing. Um, but the NFL and the, the BAFA, the, the British American Football Association, uh, have announced a strategic partnership. So, short version, what they've done is they're trying to get a lot more uh, flag football um, into schools around the UK. Um, and they're trying by doing this, the NFL are trying to offer support with training for coaches, for teachers, for all of these kind of people that work in schools to try and spread the sport. They're obviously focusing in on flag football because uh, when you try and ask 13-year-olds to run into each other really hard and, and hit each other, apparently that's not okay, and apparently that can like get your registration removed. Who knew? Um, but aye, so what do we think? Does this sound like the kind of thing that we've been talking at length about how the game is growing in the UK in terms of fans? Uh, is this the kind of thing that we need to see to potentially increase the amount of UK-based talent that we start seeing potentially making its way into the league? What do you think, Dan? I mean, as someone who has played flag football at two stages throughout my life, I'm a master. This is why I came to you first, mate. It's why I came to you first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love I'll play flag football. I absolutely love it. And uh, the more kids you can get in it, the better. Um, as you say, going back to you thought it was already a thing. I think up until recently, Bafa have been a bit of a dumpster fire in terms of organizations who run so obviously they've got their act together in the nfl and now came on board with them uh, i was looking at some stats just before we come on so at the moment uh, there's 470 schools throughout the uk that have flag football in their curriculum mm -hmm which is 28,000 kids across 26 regions, which is great. I mean, I think, I mean, I remember being at school, obviously, a long time ago, and you, you played softball. I mean, and you, I, just I, will not, I will not hear rounders besmirched. I mean, but I'm going to sound really stupid as yes, but it was just for fun. You had a ball and you ran about. I mean, at least flag football, I think, will teach more to the kids in terms of teamwork and all yeah. those sort of things and discipline and stuff like that than a game of rounders will. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's in a good in a way in terms of a sport because it's it's interesting, it's fun as well. Sport for kids has got to be fun. You can't just you can't have boring sports for kids at school. They're just going to lose interest. So I think flag football is a fun game to play as well. It's fast as well. You're no um hanging about, you're constantly on the go, which is good also for fitness, but also for keeping interest as well. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a great idea, and I'd love to see it more up here. I mean, Brian, kicking back to you, is there much of it up here in schools? 
Do you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly duck this and I'm gonna kick it to Studs purely because <laughs> I know that Studs is and I, this is where he can, he can correct me because I know that previously one of Studs's boys was actually involved um, and no, I'm gonna assume it was flag football uh, that the wee man was involved in um, given, <laughs> given his age uh, full contact's probably a bit much um, I'll be honest up where I am so up in the northeast uh, precious little if anything that I've seen. And that's kind of par for the course with a lot of things. That's a whole other debate about how Scotland spreads its resources that we can argue about in another podcast. Um, but Studs, to give it to you, is you've got, is it for the parents' side yet, you know, some real experience of helping to try and support somebody to get into the game. What, what's your experience been of it? For me, I'm I, I totally on board with what Dan says. See, the more exposure we can get to it, the better. Um, and I think you've actually seen... Well, see, you've actually, I've actually seen this coming purely because the last two years, the NFL have actually had a team come over and run a flag football session. Um, last year, it was the Bears at Tory Glen. I think this year, it's the Jags. Oh, he's had a moment again, folks. It was about the Jags. <laughs> there he is. It was about the Jags. Oh, it's it again. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Uh, right, but just keep your eyes on the season. I know. scathing. Right, about so, the Jags, mate. On you go. Sorry, the Jags are actually doing a flag football session at Orium in Edinburgh. Um, I believe it is this year, and um, so I think you're going to see more and more of that with these links, where you're going to get an NFL team coming over, and I think Josh Allen's actually going to come over for it from the Jags oh, as well. Class. So, and the kids are going to get a chance to meet him and. Uh, I may have re- I may be remembering this wrong, but I've got a funny feeling Jackson Deville might be there as well. Oh, um, hell's <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. I'm not certain Jackson Deville's well. I'm not certain Jackson Deville's school appropriate, but still. Uh, <laughs> get him, get, get him in the outfit. Ah, uh, it depends how they dress him. Uh, right, okay, gents. We are gonna draw the news to a close. Uh, and, and I am gonna t- not maybe so much one word answers, but brief, brief answers to this, because I'll be honest, I really want to go into Dan's third and, uh, third and ten. Uh, so, the Derek Carr has made a wee announcement recently. So, Derek Carr's obviously freshly minted member of the New Orleans Saints, uh, and he is happy to be somewhere where we are in a stable organisation that's been proven for years. Now, this is where I'm just going to step in before either of you two do and say the next person that says Browns being Browns gets booted off the pod. Um, does organisation matter is the question. You know what I mean? I look at it, and I hate to give them any credit, but I look at like the Steelers, who organisationally are just very well done. How big a deal do we think it is that Derek Carr has went from a less functional organisation in the Raiders, let's say, to one that has certainly been a lot more stable uh, in New Orleans. Uh, studs, on you go. You can have your dig at the Raiders. Uh, I'm, how I'm big a deal think it is? I'm just amazed that he was trying to suggest the Raiders are a stable organisation because <laughs> they've been a tyre fire for years as well, to be fair. Uh, to, uh, to, to be fair, he tried <laughs> to be nice to the Raiders with like the second part. It was like a kind of, you know, the, the classic shit sandwich. <laughs> um, he, he said something, you know, great New Orleans are amazing, the Raiders are crap, but I really liked my time in Vegas, but they were still really crap, and I'm glad I left. <laughs> I, I think organisation absolutely matters, and I think you see that. Packers, <laughs> oh. for example, 
fuck. Yes. <laughs> so you look at the Packers, they've how I mean they've had Brett Favre, they've had Aaron Rodgers, so they've they've not had to change a quarterback for the last thousand years. years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, um and they've been relatively successful. They've won a couple of Super Bowls, they've been perennial playoffs, they've won well, they basically own the Chicago Bears. They've won however many <laughs> NFC divisions. Do you know what I mean? So even though Jordan Love tried to say that Bears fans were his dad in his recent post, but that's another story. I, I just I think Jordan Love's <laughs> just not allowed on social media anymore. No. So but for me, absolutely organization matters. If you've got a well run organization that starts to flow through the team and uh, Right, Studs is yet another technological collapse. Right, Dan, I'm going to kick it to you. I'm going to reframe it a wee bit. Can a good organisation make up for a lack of talent? Uh, No. I think, so just a quick point on what Studs was saying there. Yeah. Having a great organisation that works and helps you, on the flip side, look at someone like Washington, an absolute dumpster fire of an organisation and nothing works. In terms of the players don't want to be there, people don't want to play for them, so you need to have that good organisation. But yeah, no, you need you need um, yeah you need to have the organisation. You can't have anything. Nothing else works if you've not got people. Players want to play there. That's what you need. You need players that want to play for the people that are there. I mean, for your head coach, your GM, all those people. You want players that want to play for these people. If you don't want to be there, you're not going to perform at your best. You're not going to be happy. Um, so no, I think. You need, to have, you need to have both. You need to have the talent and you need to have the organisation. Um, a good, a good, a good, can't speak. A good organisation is not going to win your Super Bowl, but they can be the best organisation in the world. You still need the players to play for you. You still need to have the talent as well. So yeah. you need that balance of both. Um, I think, I mean, this is going to be a bit disparaging. To, but if you look back to a, a team like the Ravens that won the Super Bowl a good few years back, I've completely forgot the quarterback's name. Yeah, uh, I don't talk about AFC North teams that win Super Bowls. As far as Joe, I'm concerned, Joe that trophy. No, the, the thought it was back again. Who was the quarterback <laughs> when they won it? Uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, obviously the, the the team was it was an average team that won it. It wasn't a great team that won it. But obviously, they all wanted to play for the, the team. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to play for the organisation. So that kind of shows you where it can work if you've got the good balance. You don't have to have the best talent. If you get good talent, you've got a good organisation and good coaches, then it can work. It's the one, and it's where I hate to give them any credit, but I'm obliged to. It is the one where you look at the Steelers. The Steelers, you know, I mean, they come above 500 every single year, which is a huge testament to Mike Tomlin. Um, the man doesn't know how to go sub 500. Um, but they do that with the talent they have, regardless of how good, bad, or indifferent it is. You know, I don't think many Steelers fans out there would object if I said that the current Steelers rosters are the poorest that they've had in quite some time. Even if we're looking at the last two, two and a bit seasons with Big Ben, he was a shadow of the quarterback. He used to be a couple of seasons with, with Kenny. Who knows? He might come good. Um, I don't see it personally, but then again, I'm a Browns fan, so I'm not meant to see it. Um, and yeah, but the organisation is just really well run. And it might not get them to a Super Bowl. It keeps them in the playoff conversation. You know, now the thing that the thing that then knackers them is as has been talked about a lot is that the AFC is just stupid strong. So you're never going to get tremendously far in that bracket. But 
it keeps you in the conversation. Right, okay, folks. Uh, we have Trent Dilfer. There you go. There was no way I was ever getting that. Uh, right, so tell you what, on, going from one thing that there's no way I was ever going to get straight into another thing that I am doubtless going to fail miserably at. Uh, it is that time again, ladies and gents. It is one of our staple segments. It is Dan's turn to torture both myself and studs and to make us feel horrendously inadequate. Uh, it is that time for Dan's third and top ten. What have you got for us this week, mate? It seems a very easy topic, right? Well, again, these are maybe a few curveballs in here. So, what we're going to go on is in the answers to this are regular season games only, right? Top ten NFL players' appearances. Who has played the most regular season games in their career? Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think he is in the list? Top three. Studs. Or top five. I'll squeeze oh. it out a wee bit. Number five, three hundred five really? games. Right. right. Uh, Drew Brees. Aye, there's one. Not the top no. ten. Uh, right. Uh, Justin, Justin Tucker. Uh-huh. Justin Tucker. The big nope. ball. F- fluffer. <laughs> fluffer. <laughs> fluffer. <laughs> nope. Family friendly show. He in it? Nope. Oh what? Uh, all right. Uh, Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Nope. What? Goa. Goa. I thank God he's 5,000 right. years old. No. no. What? Right, I'll give you uh, a clue because this is going to get hard, right? There are one, two, three, four, five, six players that play the same position that is not quarterback, running back, or wide receiver. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, number That's nine. A, so I know you said wide receiver, but I do take him. Um, he is the only <laughs> wide receiver in the top 10. Right. Uh, Joe Montana. I, nope. No, he's no. Um, I, could, I was. I was going Gronk. I'm going to say Gronk. I think that's yeah. wrong though. Nah. Yeah, Gronk. Nah. Gronk. Yeah. He was out for a lot. A lot of these players. So only one of these players was not. So everyone apart from one played at least a game in 20, 2004. So not all going necessarily back a long time. There's one really old one you will not get. Right. But, um, how many of them are linemen? How many of them play on one, a line? Three. None? Right, okay. okay. Ray, I, I thought Ray Ray Lewis. Lewis. Otherwise, so there's six kickers. Oh, oh um, right, Vinatieri. Uh, aye, yes. Vinatieri. Number two. Um, uh, C- uh, Seabass. Uh, no. Greg the Leg. Seabass. I can't have forgot his name now. Jan Kolofsky or something like that. Oh, uh, Raiders kicker? No. Uh, Greg, Greg the Leg. <laughs> no. Really? Jesus. Uh, I'm still shocked Tucker's not in there, particularly talking kickers. Uh, Stu, Stu is currently sat listening to this, screaming at the... Screaming. screaming, naming them all. Naming them all their date of birth, their inside leg measurement, their furthest ever kick. Uh, oh. Is Ray Lewis one of the ones? I know he's not a kicker, but... No, so you've got six kickers, a punter, two quarterbacks. Graham Goodall. Uh, no. Nah. Just think of, think of kickers that are in the league forever. Uh, we did. Oh, Justin Tucker. Crosby. Crosby. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, even that, he's not been in that long compared oh. to some of these guys. Oh, who's who's the forty nine ers boy? Gold, Robbie Gold. Nope. Um we have to start telling his answers here. You're gonna right. need. Right, there's another quarterback. We've already mentioned them actually recently. 
So he was in the league for 19 ben. years. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben. No. No. Um, no, Big Ben actually. He wasn't in the league that long. Um, when did he retire? Say again? 2010. 2010. Jesus. Peyton uh, Manning? No. Nope. No, he wasn't. Um, no, nah. Um, nah, you've absolutely. This is look at him. He sat there thinking to himself, "Oh, this was an easy this one." Guys. Easy. Like oh, this, this one was much. dead straightforward. Especially when I told you the positions. It's kickers and punters. Do <laughs> 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 you think we know? <laughs> you uh, have picked yeah, the wrong night for this question. We'll give you the rundown. Give us the rundown, mate. Right, for a- ten, Brett Favre. Oh, oh Favre. right, we should go Favre. Three o two, joint. With John Carney, who was a kicker for the Chargers between 1990 and 2000. Uh, Jerry Rice was number nine. Phil Dawson. Nah. Brian, uh, Brown's kicker. For when? Uh, he played for the Browns the 40 years of the Cardinals between 1999 and 2018. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm uh, now, I now feel bad, actually. I feel I should have got that one now. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say he stopped playing for the Browns in the 90s and I was like, well. <laughs> I had heard of Phil Dawson because I know I heard the next one is Jason Hansen who was the Lions kicker between 1992 and 2012. Nah. It's, it's the length of that career though, time. man. That is a long time. Dawson was the Cardinals kicker most recently, I think. Yeah, that's when he was until he retired. Uh, number six you got was Tom Brady. The guy mm. I'd never heard of, he never probably was George Blander. He played 1949 and 1975, so they didn't expect you to get and, that. There you go. Uh, number four is punter, Jeff Fegels. Uh, right, I, I have heard of Fegels. Where, yeah. Where's Fegels play? Uh, something makes me, I can't remember. Something makes me want to say the Colts. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 do rec- I do recognise that name, at least. Uh, <laughs> number three, Gary Anderson, who's number three uh, kicker for the Steelers between 82 mm-hmm. and 94 and kicked about a few other teams. And uh, number one, and surely he's a this guy, Morton Anderson. No, I'm drawing up. I'm drawing up blank. Was, uh, played 12 years at the Falcons, uh, 12 years at the Saints. He was a Saints kicker between 82 and 94, and then he kicked about, played five years at the Falcons with 382 appearances. Jesus, that's many, many an appearance. Well, ladies and gents, I feel that I feel that this segment has uh, has delivered and everything that it was meant to deliver, and that it made me and Studs look like we have no idea what we're talking about, and made us both feel stupid. Uh, <laughs> next week, <laughs> right? Okay, uh, Dan's on double duty this week. Actually, uh, Dan is selflessly put himself forward, not only to do his third in top ten, but he is also volunteered to give us our statistic of the week. So after taking a right dig at my beloved Browns, I'm expecting something kinder, Dan. So what have you got for us, mate? This week, yeah, I took it. Well, the Browns didn't make that dig at themselves. Do you know what I mean? I can't even change stats. <laughs> stats are stats. I mean, but to be fair, on the, the, the end of the, the doing this week, he's going to be studs in his Chiefs. Yes. So in 2014, the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers... Did not score a single touchdown. And the whole season, they never scored a single touchdown. So you had Dwayne Bowe, Albert Wilson and Donnie Avery as the three receivers. Not a single touchdown. Not even a rushing touchdown between them. Uh, the highest scoring receiving touchdowns were Kelsey uh, and Jamal Charles with five each. The closest they got 
and I think this is heartbreaking to be fair, is that Dwayne Bow fumbled on the half yard line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that play. I've seen that play. Uh, <laughs> I, see. think, I, 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 I think he actually they were awarded a touchdown, and I think they, they went to TV replay and they pulled it back on the half yard line. Studs, you're saying you've seen that play. That boy wakes up seeing that play every <laughs> single night. Maybe like three in the morning, cold sweat, seeing a half yard line. Despite this, they still finished nine and seven that year without a receiver scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether it was on the receivers or whether it was on the fact that Alex Smith was a quarterback that season. Well, we'll say though, when you look at all these things, I take severe exception to not just calling Kelsey a receiver. <laughs> See, it's quite clearly, quite clearly a wide receiver masquerading as a tight end. Hey, listen, George Kittle was showing him how to block apparently at tight end you this week. Nice. That's like yeah, that's I'm, like just Gene Thanos Infinity Gauntlet. I'm sure. I'm, I'm 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 sure Kelsey was dead. He needed to get lessons for for another tight end in the league. I'm sure, I'm sure he was desperate to listen to it, but they had to teach him. Um, I'm sure he was. Big, big Gronk was there as well. Can only be a good thing. Uh, it's big. No, that's fine. That means it wasn't actually a work weekend. That was a party. There's, there's <laughs> no reason. There's no way Gronk was there to do any work. That's one uh, of the ones where you go away for a work do. You, you work for an hour and then go to the pub. Ah, uh, you work for an hour. You work for an hour, then the boss says that he's left his card behind the bar. You know, <laughs> well, in that case, apparently, uh, <laughs> didn't want to go. Big chief. Nah, I'm looking. I don't know if he was there or not. To be fair, I'd find it. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's he he needs to put a big gear up. Actually, actually, he's in a sugar big, big chief. Ah, uh, well, wait and see, wait and see. Right, this is our chat for another day, ladies and gents. We are drawing towards just, just as everybody starts to get stuck into the Browns. Our move is on to the close. Um, no, no, no tactics involved there at all, ladies and gents. Uh, right, okay. So with that, unfortunately, time as always is the enemy. Uh, so thank you very much, everybody. Now remember, the the off season is still got a wee while to go, unfortunately. But remember, the crew is going to be here for you the whole way through, folks. Um, we'll be joined, obviously, next week by our news crew to talk about any new happenings that we have. Who knows? Dalvin Cook might finally actually sign a contract or he might just tease us till the end of the off-season. But remember, we will get you through the rest. You can follow us on Twitter at GridIronCrew. You can find us on Instagram at Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. And you can find us on all the other socials just by sticking Grid Iron Crew in, folks. Um, please help grow the community. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Um, Dan, thank you very much, mate. It has been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure as always. I'm going to do some research for an easy top 10 next week. I uh, could go, go with something like name 10 teams in the AFC. Um, and studs, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure to chat ball with you for an evening. Uh, you too, boys. Listen, have a great weekend, and we'll no doubt catch up soon. Absolutely. So, till next week, folks, as we like to say around here, the crew will get you through. And that is us for this week. Good night. Mm-hmm.